Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JMO Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Michaels. Our guest this week, we've got Dewey Jelm from Pierce, South Dakota, on the show. Now, we're going to get updated a little bit uh, uh, on Dewey's life ever since his legendary 2022 tournament season, where he capped it off with a uh, the Angler of the Year award in the National Walleye Tour, and just but everything prior to that. What a phenomenal season! Uh, you know, we've had Dewey on before, talked about just how extensive his tournament accolades are. Even before he was a full-time walleye pro, now, you know, last year being Dewey's first full season as a uh, as a full-time walleye pro tournament angler, uh, what a season, man! So we're gonna get updated a little bit on Dewey's life some of the momentum that he carries into this season as it is about to start. But more specifically, uh, you know, Dewey has, you know, if you follow along on his social media like I do, I've started to pick up on, on a few things Dewey's been doing, even like ice fishing this year, coming into this open water season. I think we have a great conversation that applies to, to uh, you know, kind of the uh, 12 months out of the year. And, you know, glide baits, we, we talk about glide baits before, even with Dewey, we've had great conversations about what he loves, about fishing walleyes in certain situations with glide baits. Um, and, and this is a brand new conversation because what we're talking about is a brand new bait. I'm talking about uh, a Rapala releasing the new uh, Jigging Shadow Wrap. And, you know, if you uh, if you follow along in the industry whatsoever, if you walk up and down the aisles at a Shields store, you're going to see a lot of promotion uh, at the, the new launch of the Jig and Shadow Wrap. And what makes that bait special? Why do we need to be paying attention to another new glide bait when there's already so many of them out there? Well, Dewey's going to really lay it down for us. Dewey has probably spent, at least a, a, as an American angler, he's probably spent as much time with that bait tied on as anybody down here in this country and i tell you what he's got some great stories already examples of what makes this bait special uh what makes it a little bit different and how this you know a bait like this kind of creates a category of its own and i took a lot away from this and i absolutely know that i am going to be looking for more and new confidence in glide bait fishing with this new jigging shadow wrap, being able to fish it probably in some scenarios where I have no previous confidence with any other glide bait. Uh, I'm talking about, uh, you'll hear it in the interview, talking a lot about, uh, you know, just how the action of this bait and how it falls, the setup uh, that works best for it, and the situations that uh, this bait is going to be fantastic in that realistically, in a lot of situations, no other glide bait would really fit the bill. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really excited uh, for everybody to listen to this conversation. I really enjoyed this conversation with Dewey myself and took a lot away from it. So anyways, really long intro here, but just wanted to lay down the groundwork that uh, really enjoy having Dewey's time. So let's get into it. A little update from Dewey, and then we're talking the uh, jigging shadow wrap. What have you been doing in the off season after a season like that, man? What, uh, what is life like uh, uh, for, for Dewey? Um, well, right now it's actually pretty crazy. I mean, even starting last, um, like October, let's say, um, that's kind of really when I started working on a bunch of sponsorship stuff and, um, just trying to mess around with tackle and do all that stuff. So there's, there's literally never a dull moment, um, whether it's working with sponsors, um, figuring out what shows you're going to go to, um, new baits that are coming out or helping, 
uh, certain companies develop new stuff. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's always something. And, uh, that's the way I like it for sure. Yeah, man. The industry will keep you busy. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, we kind of, I feel like I'm a consumer for sure. Like guys like me always try to keep you extra busy, uh, peppering you with questions. They're trying to, trying to get, sort of some of that pixie dust rubbed off on the rest of us man because what a dream season you had last year it was super fun to watch um you know one question before we get into the you know our real fishing topics um you know continuing along the lines of an update after a season like last year like how are you like what's your mindset right now we're kind of on the cusp of uh you know the the season to start again this year um so do you try to just kind of clear the mechanism a little bit? You go into this season with a just an open, clear mind, forget about last year, you got to attack this year, or do you kind of carry a little bit of confidence? You know, t- t- Talk to me a little bit about that and your mindset. Um, yeah, I definitely, it's definitely a momentum thing for me. Um, but with that, it definitely, there is some confidence that comes along. But at the same point, I know the type of anglers that I'm fishing against and um, the reality is, um, you know, I may not ever have a top 10 again. I may not, ne- I may never win again. Um, that's simply the reality of it. Um, obviously I'm going to try to repeat and, and try to do better than I did last year, but, um, that's simply not always the case. So, um, I'm just still soaking it in. I mean, I wake up at night still thinking about, um, how last year went down, how crazy it was and, um, yeah, crazy, crazy memories. And this far removed, you know, from from last season. I mean, we're talking the NWT. That's those aren't the only you know tournaments that you fish. But um, are there some memories that have com- totally stuck out like this far down the road? Like like, uh, is there some moments, little lightning in a bottle that you're trying to that you just enjoy capturing, like in your mind um, from last year? Like like, what is the ultimate of ultimate highlights for you as far as the fishing goes? Yeah. So, I mean, like, honestly, like some highlights and some, maybe some highs and some lows, like, so after my first two tournaments last year, I was thinking like, what the heck that was like right after I just quit my full-time power line job and, you know, going to do this fishing career as a full-time thing. And, um, I I do both of them tournaments and just honestly kind of got my butt kicked by both of them thinking what the heck. And, um, it literally came down to when we went into the Prairie to Shane, um it came down to i mean i was just lucky and got one of the right bites i caught like a 29 incher and ended up in second place on that and that was just kind of like the turning wheel um at the turning point where like yeah I, I can still do this so um you know we roll into the next tournament um green bay and um it's kind of like things i've I mentioned in past shows and uh, past interviews and stuff but um you don't really set you don't set on them fish that you find uh, pre-fishing. So you don't really know what to expect. And sometimes I think that's a really good thing. Um, you, you go out with a really clean, um, clean slate or a clean mind and uh, you just, you fish the conditions and that's exactly what we did on uh, green Bay and ended up coming out with the wind on that one. And then, then rolled into the NTC on Lake Oahe and uh, going into that one, we kind of, you know, that's my, that's my, uh, home body of water and I fish it a lot and going into that tournament we knew that the slap fish were kind of a you know more of a lottery deal than the big fish were so our mindset going into that tournament as crazy as this sounds we were 
literally just trying to win the tournament with two fish a day. So our goal was, you know, two 10 pounders a day. That's kind of what our goal was. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. There's some absolute giants up there. My buddy had a, like a 15, eight, um, which is, I think like eight or nine ounces off the state record, um, pre-fishing for that tournament. So yeah, there's some crazy big fish up there. Um, and then, yeah, roll into Lake Erie and, um, just found a crazy, crazy pattern and end up pulling a second place off on that. Yeah. Oh man, dude. I, yeah, those are just, it was fun memories for everybody. Like any, anybody that was paying attention, I can only imagine, you know, how it was for you in the boat. I mean, congratulations, putting in the hard work and having it pay off, grinding out, uh, you know, the season ultimately, like you say, the first two finishes for you anyways, probably didn't feel like what you had hoped for, but man, the grind is, is real, uh, for you guys. And I really appreciate that about you guys that, uh, you know, those of you that, um, you know, kind of stick that season out and you kind of show up really when it counts, right? It's like, you know, when you get towards the end, as long as you got a shot at it and, uh, yeah, that championship was just really something, really something to pay attention to. But that being said, uh, I follow you on social media. I kind of want to slide into some of the topics, uh, you know, some informational topics with you here. You've been doing some ice fishing. I kind of want to start there. Talk to me a little bit about your ice season down there in your part of the world and how that's been going for you. Yeah, so this year we just we got that, you know, back in uh, December, we got that super uh, cold snap of like two weeks. Generally, like where I fish on Lake Sharp most of the time in the winter, um, it's generally not a lot of big fish. It's just numbers of fish. You get to set the hook a lot. And it's, just, it's a super fun bite, really nice quality of fish. And um, so we got that cold snap and first time I went out and checked ice, it was like 12 inches. It's like, holy crap, that's more than what we usually get in a, in a season. So yeah. um, just since then it's been building, um, and you know, now most of the time around here, most of the ice um, is like 18 to 24 inches, which is pretty crazy for, for the river down here. But anyways, the bite's been, it's been awesome. But the one thing is, you know, this is, this year is the first year that I've got the ice fish as much as I have simply because I, I don't have that, you know, everyday job, um, day-to-day job. I, I get to go out and uh, test new baits and techniques and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like this winter has been unbelievable. I've had some days, um, you know, 100-plus fish a day with two or three guys. And then you mix in a couple big ones. I had that one that was a little over 11 pounds that I had on um, Facebook and Instagram. And Oh, monster. Um, yeah that one i honestly thought when i set the hook on that one i thought it was a catfish i was like there's no way and then i came by the hole and i filled the whole hole up and it's like holy cow and dad came over and helped me get it out of the get it out of the hole and yeah it was uh definitely my biggest fish i've ever caught through the ice uh, i've been to canada a few times and i fish on lake hawaii quite a bit in the winter as well but that's the biggest one that i've ever pulled through the ice man Man, dude, that had that's a memory right there, dude. I appreciate uh I can appreciate seeing a picture of you holding one of those fish, you know, even guys that catch a lot of fish, right? And it's like even what yep. even for you that I mean, what an awesome memory that is and it's really really cool. That's really really cool. And you know, catching fish, um you know, I've seen you post a few pictures. This is kind of what I want to talk to you about is glide baits. Now, last time I had you on, we had a pretty uh, just a really fun conversation that really kind of 
was geared towards glide bait fishing and why you like it so much. You know, we talked about, you know, just how you trigger fish and, and, uh, you know, just, uh, there's so much to appreciate about fishing, uh, you know, bigger heavy bait and current and all the things that you do down there. I want to ask you some pointed questions about the new bait, the shadow wrap, what your successes have been like, um, you know, kind of to start it off and, and what you see that that bait is maybe a little bit different than the other glide baits that have come up the, up the ranks thus far. Yeah. So, I mean, first off, obviously it, it has the jig and shadow wrap has, um, a, you know, a very large profile, um, but it's a relatively light bait. Um, so it has a lot farther, like, and it has a big tail fin on it also. So when you rip that bait up, um, that bait just has a super long range as far as, you know, side to side action. Um, but when it, when it, when you rip that bait up and it actually kind of rolls over, it's a super, it's a super slow fall back to, to center point. Whereas like a jig and wrap is a lot more of aggressive pop up, almost nose, nose dive back down. So I'm more like a darting action where the shadow wrap is this, it's just everything's super slow compared to a jig and wrap, um, in which in my, in my eyes, I think that's why it's going to shine so much is like in the early season, um, open water and, you know, fall once the fish get up shallow. Um, I think that's going to be, you know, probably my go-to bait, honestly. And then the ice fishing season obviously is a perfect scenario for that where everything's a little bit slower. Um, fish aren't just aren't quite as aggressive um that bait i think is is wide shining so well for me this year um and i i mean i've caught small fish on it and i've caught a lot of big fish on it um so it's obviously the new colors and stuff that they they offer and that um is just second to none so it's right now that's that is for sure my favorite bait yeah man i like i like how you say that man you you really compare and you know the difference. That that's kind of where I think the average angler, including myself, has sort of been lost for with glide baits for the last four or five years. I'm trying to gain confidence, and I feel like I just need to start with one. I need to I need to figure out how to fish, you know, the shiver minnow, for example. I need to figure out the action on it. But not every situation is perfect. Like you say, ice fishing, there's a lot to appreciate about a bait that has that kind of action but doesn't necessarily fall quite so fast the reactions you know a touch slower plus you don't have the versatility in open water you know you're casting you're retrieving it it's, you're fishing down an eight inch hole a lot of times and and right. um and so that's where i've started to kind of wrap my head around that and appreciating each individual bait for for its own like um and so I guess that's kind of where I want you to kind of maybe even think about some examples or, or do some almost some storytelling of like for you, your progression with your glide baits. When you get into a get into a situation where you're going to include, you know, maybe it's a pre-fishing situation or maybe it's just a fun day of fishing or a tournament, you know, like like when you get into a situation that looks like the glide bait is going to be the bite. Maybe describe that. Describe the perfect scenario, you know, identifying forage base or, or the type of type of fishing situations um, that you've been in where glide baits have really shined and, and, and maybe we'll just kind of pick apart what's good about each and each and every one uh, that you've had success with. Yeah, so like for me, like if I'm gonna go pre fishing for a tournament, let's say like down on Francis Case for that's a great example. There's a lot of big sand flats down there. 
Um, and typically I'm going to still start off with like a jig and a minnow or a jig and a plastic, um, or, uh, maybe even a hair jig. Um, but once I, once I figure out, um, you know, that I can catch a bunch of fish, I know what kind of, you know, what size of fish they are, how aggressive they are, etc. That's when I really start playing around with different baits, like the jig and wrap and now the shatter wrap. Um, and then you can also, you know, different sizes with the jig and wraps. Most of the time when I'm casting a jig and wrap shallow, it's going to be on a number seven. Um, that's 95% of the time. But now with this shadow wrap, um, I think that's going to, that's going to definitely be my, my go-to bait um, outside of the jig and a minnow, jig and a plastic, um, super aggressive. And just might, you might get a few more bites with that um, jig and shadow wrap bait. And then also pair that with, um, now you can add mono into the equation um, instead of on braid. So you get a totally different action out of it. You get more hang time with it, um, with that, with that mono on there. Uh, you get a little bit slower um, darting action. Um, so it's just, it's little things like that that you got to play around with. And one thing that's helped me a lot is watching my baits on like say active target. Um, you can actually see how far the baits are moving. Um, you can tell exactly what they're doing. So that's, that's really what's made me understand the different action um, in these baits and these glide baits. And that's why they're so versatile. Um, you know, you get in any clear water situation, any month out of the year, you can catch them on a jig and wrap or a shadow wrap. Yeah, man. And for you, it's, you, you know, you brought up the line, um, you know, for a long time, that was one of the bigger debates in, in glide bait fishing. It kind of still is, I think, uh, in a lot of places, um, as far as building confidence, you know, mono versus braid, you know, longer leaders, um, you know, things like that. Like where, where are you with that? I mean, do you have confidence in both? Is there situations where, um, you know, you would use one over the other talking like mono versus, versus braid. Um, is it more about the action for you or hook sets or both? I mean, describe your decision-making around that in those situations. Um, yeah. So mono, I generally, when I'm, when I'm fishing, let's say like 10 foot or less, that's kind of when I'm going to go to mono, um, just for better hookups, a little bit more forgiving, obviously. And then it, it just has a little bit different action. And then especially in the springtime, um, where them fish are a little bit off, that's where I'm definitely going to be uh, throwing that shadow wrap on mono for sure. And then on mono, um, I do things a little bit different, I guess, but on mono, I'll, I'll definitely use a swivel. Um, but on braid, I still, I'm still, I tie uh, a double uni. That's, that's my go-to knot. And uh, I don't, I, I do get some line twists, but I just rather deal with the line twist, I guess, than um, than with a swivel. Because I just I know sometimes I get a little excited and I I reel that um, jig and wrap or shadow wrap up a little bit too far, and I'm gonna start breaking rods if I have a have a swivel in there. So I always just do a double uni knot um, for you know any time that I'm using braid on a jig and wrap or shadow wrap is is definitely what I'm gonna be doing. The JMO Podcast is sponsored by Long Haul Trucking. Long Haul's always looking for more skilled professional CDL drivers to join their team. 
They're a people-first company, and it shows. Their employee-owned, asset-based fleet of over 350 Conestogas is among industry leaders in pay and benefits geared towards long-term success and growth for company drivers and owner-operators. If you're a professional driver or a company that wants to ship product with the best in the business, get a hold of Long Haul at 1-800-255-5153 or find them online at longhaultrucking.com. Long Haul, running on the power of promises kept. Talking about line twists, we talk about line twists all the time. That's another topic I think, you know, myself included, you know, a lot of a lot of us amateur anglers probably don't really even know, like, I mean, I understand that the line gets twisted, but like, what is the big deal with some line twists? Like, typically when we're talking glide baits, it's an aggressive bite. So like subtleties of the action of the bait that a little bit of line twist may or may not affect, like... For you, what's the big what's the big deal around line twist? Is is it the integrity of the line? You're breaking off less. Like like what what means the most to you when you're thinking about managing line twist? Um, for me, line twist is 100. percent Like you said, it's not it's nothing. You're not going to get any spinning or anything like that, especially when you're casting and you're working that bait fast. Um, but it's all about you're getting wind knots or the line wrapping around the end of your rod when you're whipping that rod. So the one thing that I do is I just, you know, it might be every two or three days, but I, I change out my line. And I, the biggest thing to me is just having fresh braid um, on there. Once once that line starts uh, getting wrapped around the end of your rod tip or you start getting wind knots, it's time to change. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 you know, you get in the vertical situations and ice fishing and stuff like that, for sure that bait's going to sit there and spin. But if you're casting them, um, it's it's not the spinning of the line twist um, for me. It's it's all about efficiency, and you start you start ripping that bait, and every two or three rips, now that line gets wrapped around the end of your rod, and half the time it creates some weird knot that's on the end of your rod, and you got to cut the line, and so that's when I'm uh, going back and grabbing a new reel or or changing the line. So yeah. Yeah, I think that it's kind of it's I'm glad you said it that way. It's like it makes perfect sense. But I feel like a lot of a lot of anglers, you know, I do a lot of these interviews and we talk about line twist, but and I'm kind of guilty of it. We kind of just glaze over it like we all just understand what the effects of line twist are. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. So I'm glad you you know, I'm glad you talked about it cuz nothing can just bulldoze your mojo uh and your confidence when you either miss a fish, break off on a fish, or you're just spend half of the day messing with stuff, you know, messing with the, you know, knots on the end of your line or, you know, just bad line management. And it just like, it just consumes your day and the efficiency of it or the inefficiency of it is definitely, you know, the bigger conversation. But then, you know, you were talking about, you know, managing, you know, your, your, your line twist or the memory in the line of the mono using a, a swivel. It needs to be explained a little bit to me, like, when you when you incorporate a, a swivel, is there any reason why you couldn't have that swivel, you know, maybe on uh, like a like a, a split ring right right attached right to the bait uh, versus you know up your leader, you know a couple feet up your leader or however long your leader is. Like, does it manage the twist in the line better when it's when it's up the leader versus like right against the bait? Um, no, I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I think as long as you have some kind of a swivel in there, um, that's going to get rid of that line to us. I think, um, that's the biggest deal. 
Um, for me, I just don't, I like my baits to look as natural as possible and you have a big snap swivel hanging off of it. Um, I just, I, I'm sure that you get a little bit of follow up action, uh, with that snap swivel. Um, but for me, I, I usually just do like a 12 to 18 inch leader when I'm fishing with mono, um, and then a, and then a swivel and it pretty much eliminates all line twists because most of your line twist is going to be from when you're casting them glide baits they they just spin like crazy when you go to cast them so that's where most of your line twist is going to come from and obviously with mono uh, line twist is not a good thing at all yeah man i'm glad i'm glad you 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 were able to kind of talk me through that one too because i i I think about that stuff all the time it's like in, in some cases when the bite's on and it doesn't even really matter that you got a little extra metal attached to your bait, but um, right. but it's all in the details for you guys, and that's why you are better at explaining it than I am, and um and and it's so important to kind of talk my way through that stuff because uh, because yeah, it is important. Uh, you know, all those little details are definitely important, uh, especially to guys like you when you're fishing for tons of money, um, or even just on on a day when you know there's eleven pounders down there, you don't want to be doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. You want to be doing the right things all the time. For sure. I want to get back into that shadow wrap. It's a new bait, and I want this show to kind of be, you know, kind of a description. It's a new bait, so not everybody's used it a whole lot. I want to get back into the situations. Um, you know, you're talking about it being your go-to bait, uh, you know, as of now. Like, what are you anticipating with that? Like, how many more fish do you got? are you going to have to catch with it to gain your confidence that it's like, everything that it's cracked up to be, or do you really truly feel, um, you know, just by everything that you've seen that it's going to be incorporated like totally into your arsenal? Um, yeah, I mean, it's already, it's already got a place in my book, um, for sure. Just from what I've seen, I mean, so this winter when I started fishing, um, obviously I'm going to start going back to my go-to baits and, you know, from years past and, some of them include like a number seven jig and wrap, and that's what I caught that big one on. Um, and then uh, blade baits, that's another one that's a really good one. Rip and wraps, that's another one of my favorite baits. Um, but then, so once you start catching that mini fish, um, that's when I really like to play around with new baits because I know that the fish are aggressive. I know that the fish are willing to eat. Um, but so you just, you can really start to figure out your catch race, rates. So you start using a jig and wrap, you catch you see five or six fish come in and you catch two of them out of that. Um, you switch to a rip and wrap. Okay. Well, that bait's a little bit better. Um, this type of action is a little bit better. Now you catch four out of the five that come in. Um, and then you switch to the shadow wrap. And I'm not saying this is every single day, but there's definitely been times where it's like every single fish that comes in eats it. So, um, it's already definitely got a spot in, in my book and I'll definitely be incorporating that. Um, honestly, probably this weekend, I'm going to get the boat out and start casting that thing around, um, right away. So I know that it's going to be, uh, a big player, uh, for everyone this season that that's using them for sure. For guys like you, industry guys, you know, you're kind of, you're dealing with sponsors, you're dealing with tackle companies, and it's also so important that, you know, everything that's out there, you know, I mean, you guys travel around all these places, you fish, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a big deal that you know as much as you possibly can about every bait so that you're ready when it's time. And, um, you know, building confidence is such a huge thing. So when you're on a good bite, when you're on a bite, when, 
You can catch them almost however you want to. It's so important to just push the boundaries with new baits and new techniques. I think that's a great message for this as well. Uh, because I think with for a lot of people, that's kind of where glide baits are for them. I mean, they've been around forever, but I still, you still just, you know, the average angler that's out there is still just trying to build confidence in as many situations as they can. And, and that's the deal. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, for me anyways, that's what I'm taking away so much of, of this conversation is when I get my hands on some of those jig and shadow wraps, um, both open water and through the ice, it's going to be, you know, as soon as I can get on a really good hot bite and then put it to work as much as I possibly can and just try to build that confidence in it. So I get a good feel for it. Getting back to um, you know, your progression, you're a tournament angler, you've been, you know, you, you put yourself in a lot of situations right along the lines of what you were just saying with, with glide baits, they all kind of have their own flavor, right? I was kind of already saying that before, like they don't all do the exact same things in the same situations for you. If you are in a situation where you'd, you know, it's a glide bait deal, uh, you know, for, for everything that you've kind of already explained the situation that you want, you want to be using a glide bait. Do you kind of, do, do you spend a lot of time going through the arsenal? You know, I mean, do, do you figure out if it's a jig and wrap deal or if it's a shiver minnow deal or a Johnny Darter deal? Because being up here on Sakakawea, you know, and then looking looking south down to Lake Oahe, you guys catch, catch them on them Johnny Darters like crazy. And up here, you know, it's a jig and wrap deal, it seems like. I mean, it's like everywhere you go, the, those little subtle flavors to all of them, um, can matter, you know, on each given body of water. What, what can you tell me about that as far as your progression with glide baits and like how you're trying to go through different ones to find out who's, uh, who's who? Um, so honestly for me, I think it's, it's kind of like what we talked about a little bit ago, but it's, it's all about confidence. So for me, I've caught thousands of fish. Um, I made a lot of money off of, of jigging wraps um, so that's where, that's where all my confidence is. I know how to work that bait. I know how to manipulate it um, with different twitches of my rod to get it to do different things. Um, so that's where I'm super comfortable anywhere I go with that bait. Um, I, I just, I feel like I can catch them. And I think that's the number one thing, whether you're using a Johnny darter or, um, shiver minnow or any of the other glide baits, um, is just having confidence, um, and, and just really getting to know, um, the action of that bait. But you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like there are certain bodies of water that for whatever reason, um, they like one glide bait or over the other for some reason. But to me, it's still um, jig and wraps. Um, and now with the shadow wrap coming in, I, I mean, like we've already kind of talked. Um, I, I, I just know that the situations um, where I'm going to use that bait are ready. Um, and I know that it's definitely going to be a player. So I think it's just, like I said, it's just confidence. Um and just really getting to know your favorite type of glide bait, I guess. And I think once people just start to um, mess around, play with them more, they're going to find different applications where they they shine and they just get a lot more com- confident and comfortable using um, glide baits. Because I think that's I think that's the main problem with a lot of this, uh, the, you know, the glide bait uh, craze is that there's just a lot of people that, I mean they just, they don't have confidence in it. And obviously the only way to get confidence is to catch fish on something. So, um, I think this, this might be one of them baits that, you know, makes everything click for them and, um, catches, 
catches a few more fish and then just kind of lights that fire to try to figure out, you know, how they catch them with the chicken wrap or what situations to use them in. So if you have any fishing memory that you would like to commemorate or have questions about commemorating a fishing memory with a replica made of any fish that has ever graced your net. Get in touch with Rizavi Fish Replicas, owned and operated by Jamie Rizavi over in uh, New Rockford, North Dakota at Rizavi Taxidermy Studio. You can find them online at RizaviTaxidermyStudio.com or find them on Facebook at Rizavi Taxidermy Studio. You can see the pictures here at the JMO headquarters in Devil's Lake. We have some phenomenal replicas made by Jamie and his crew hanging on our walls, which we absolutely love. They look absolutely perfect, just like the fish that were reeled in that day. And every chance we get to go in and admire them and tell those stories and share those stories with each other, we absolutely do. Again, if you want, or if you have any questions about getting a fish replica made to commemorate any great trophy memory you have of fishing, Get in touch with Jamie Rizvi at Rizvi Fish Replicas. You won't be disappointed. With the difference between now this jig and shadow wrap being a little, it's, it seems like it's a little bit more subtle. It's got that slower fall, like you said. It's got a bigger profile. Does that kind of separate it away from other glide baits, um, you know, altogether, uh, you know, to where maybe those champ swimmers kind of move in between them in line as far as your progression goes? Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, I, you know, I'm probably overthinking this question a little bit, but that's kind of what I do for a living. No, no, you're spot on. Like it's like, it's the only one in its category. So, um, like you, you got the heavy, you have the heavy glide bait category and then now you got the only category of a slow, um, lighter glide bait. Um, so yeah, that one's definitely going to be, um, a crazy hot bait this year. And I, I can almost guarantee you that some some uh, major money is going to be won off that that puppy this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I I like realizing that perspective from somebody like you that's using it and knows what you're looking at. Because again, you know, it's like I'm going to get my hands on them best I can and put them in, you know, in front of as many fish as I possibly can. But that's a big thing for you know the average angler that's just trying to get better. You know, whether you're a tournament angler or not, you're just trying to get better and you're trying to read situations and make those adjustments on the fly. And it's like, what bait do you want to have tied on? And sometimes that decision making is really clunky um, unless you really have a strong feel for what those baits are doing down there and what you want to do with them. And um, yeah, I think it's cool. That's what I've heard. I've heard that this jig and shadow wrap is quite a deal. And uh and so I'm glad that we're talking about it so I can have a show on it. But anything else, man, anything else? We got a couple minutes left here. Like, is there any uh, any cool stories or anything like that of this winter that um, that are just sticking out in your mind that we haven't talked about? I know you caught like an 11-pounder, Jeepers. That's just like uh, that's just like a beast, man. Well, what, well, how about this? Where can you go right now um, and uh, to go and get prepared for uh, your first stop? Yeah, so I've actually already had my boat out a couple times um, this uh, the past week or so once it kind of got warmed up. But um, right here in Lake Sharp on in Pier, um, the water is open probably like, I don't know, 15 miles down from the dam. There's a couple boat ramps open. Uh, and the fishing's really good. Uh, the, the one problem is, is that the water is super, super clear. So um, boat pressure definitely uh, takes its toll on them. And then um, the one thing you just got to remember is the, 
to make super long casts, get away from the boat. Um, but yeah, so the next couple of weeks, uh, I think we got about a month left before I head to Illinois for the first stop. And uh, in the meantime, I'm actually still waiting for my boat, my new boat to get um, to get in, and got to get that rigged yet. Got to get it wrapped um, and break it in and do all that fun stuff before we go. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to be doing a lot of tackle um, prep and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's going to be a fast three or four weeks and um, super excited to get out there for sure. And let's see now, I know the first stop is in Illinois. What body of water? It's not. It's a uh, Illinois river. Have you been there before? Never been there. Right on. So uh, have your teammates. I like new bodies. Oh yeah. I like new bodies of water. So yeah. Um, Dusty and John both have had some experience here and um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be, um, you know, from the research and stuff that I've been doing, um, obviously it's a sauger yeah. uh, fishery, um, yep. but there is, there is some walleyes. There's definitely some potential for some big walleyes. And yeah, it's, it's gotta be kind of nice, you know, fishing new bodies of water, but having a teammate like a dusty, I feel like he's been in the industry like longer than he actually is age old. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, the guy he's, it's like when you find out how long he's been in the industry and then you find out how how old he is it's like jeepers it's like he, he he's been around forever it's kind of it almost yeah. kind of sneaks up on you the guy's fished a lot of bodies of water man been around a long time it's kind of exciting you know we talked about it before you you, you get pretty excited about going to new bodies of water but yet um you know you always find time every couple of years to let everybody back home know that you're still king of the mountain you come back to hawaii <laughs> and hoist a trophy <laughs> yeah. jeepers are you gonna have time to are you going to have time to fish any other tournaments besides NWT circuit this year? Um, yeah, so I'm actually doing, um, I get to do the uh, South Dakota Gov Cup again this year with my old partner. And so I get to get back into that. And then uh, I'm going to do a um, AIM tournament on the LAX and uh, a couple other tournaments. Um, maybe jumping in the MWC, a couple MWCs or something. And um, But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a busy, busy summer and, uh, it's going to be super exciting. Yeah, man. Heck yeah. We'll just kind of sign it off there. Uh, promote anything uh, that uh, you want to promote, your sponsors, your socials, whatever, and then we'll just sign it off right here. Um, yeah, I guess uh, one thing I'd like to say is just if uh, if you guys want to see any more of um, what's kind of happening and follow me along on the National Walleye Tour and stuff like that, is follow me on my uh, social media page um, on Facebook or on Instagram. And uh, I'll try to keep everything updated as much as I possibly can this year. And um, I'm excited. I got some got some new sponsors in the works that I'm going to be um, releasing here in the next couple of weeks. And it's uh, definitely going to be an exciting year for sure. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, that's no joke, man. You guys like yourself, keep track. Um, you know, I can't stress enough for me. That's really how I buy a lot of my stuff. You know, you guys, uh, you know, putting out a little promo code, uh, you know, 5% off here, 10% off there. It's a, it, it sounds crazy. That's a great way to buy tackle is to buy it off of recommendations of guys like yourself that are out there really doing it and usually get a few bucks off. So, uh, yep. yeah, man, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm it's, glad that you put that out it. there. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, nowadays, I mean, everything is expensive, so anytime you can save 5, 10, 15, 20%, whatever, it all helps. Big time, dude, big time. I appreciate it, Dewey. All right, man, I'll let you back to it. All right, appreciate it. Thank you. Yep, laters. Later.